A mental delusion that primarily affected rich people 300 years ago. And then we take a look at the often requested iceberg conspiracy. It's just three words, and a lot of people have tried to interpret them. Bam Margera's Afterlife, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. We only have this episode and then one more before the end of the year. You'll be getting an episode coming out on the 31st, and then after that, brand new year. We're not taking a break. We take a break, a week-long break, every 50 episodes, so we're not going to take a break that first week. But I got something special in store for the New Year's uh, Eve episode. I don't know. It's maybe might be a little self-indulgent, but if I was a podcast listener, I would enjoy it, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes over. It's, n- it's not more music. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into our first story. Our first story... It's going to be a short one. It's actually a recommendation from a YouTube viewer named Klubitz. So Klubitz posts on YouTube in reference to a video. Honestly, I forgot what the video itself was that they were referencing. I think it was the one where people were thinking they... I'm struggling to remember. It was something to do with people thinking they were something... Oh, Truman Show, Truman Show. It was the Truman Show one. People who thought they were stuck in the Truman Show. Klubitz said... Speaking of delusions, have you ever heard of the glass delusion? People think they're made of glass. Now, obviously, I had to go do research on that. Glass delusion was something is super bizarre. So between the 15th and the 17th century, is very it's it was a delusion that popped up. It was a product of its time. And that's one thing I talked about on the Truman Show delusion episode, is that these type of invasive thoughts are based on the time period that they're in. So nowadays, people may think they're stuck in the Matrix or stuck in a reality show, but back in the 60s, it was the Russians are putting radio waves into my head. Well, you go back in the 15th century, they didn't have reality shows, which was bleak. Everybody loves reality. I don't care what you guys say. I don't care. Everybody watches reality shows. And you go, I don't watch Keeping Up the Kardashian. I'm not talking. Pawn Stars, Mythbusters. Come on. Those are reality. Those are reality shows at their core because half of it is the like learning part of it, but the other half are the personalities involved. It's a reality show. Those are reality shows. They're not scripted sitcoms or dramas or anything like that. Everyone watches reality shows. So it was a bleak. That's why they called it the dark ages because there was no reality shows. The real world had not been invented yet. It's dark times for the Republic. Anyways, 15th to 17th century, their new technology, their new thing for people to get excited about and a little scared was glass, was was see-through glass. Now, glass had been around for centuries before that, but window panes hadn't. Like, actually, they they had a kind of window-type pane. It was not, like, glass. It was this other kind of see-through-ish stuff that I don't remember because I didn't put it in my notes. But having like see-through windows in your house or in your castle or wherever was brand new. And that's why this was affecting primarily rich people. The royals were the ones suffering from glass delusion. Most famous sufferer was King Charles VI of France. He believed that parts of him were made of glass. And so he wouldn't let anybody touch him. 
and he ha- he weared reinforced clothing. So of course my imagination took it to him walking around in a suit of armor, but when I looked into it, he just wore like a cushion on his butt. It's this idea that they're so fragile that any unexpected movement, jumping down on a bed too hard, what have you, will cause them to break. When psychologists look back, they think it was the glass delusion was an offshoot of just like general melancholy. Which, I mean, it was just like this bleh, this blasé. It was this weird reaction to... I, I guess I always thought melancholy was just kind of like... You basically... Bleh, you know, you're just like... You're the living embodiment of a Smashing pumpkin song. And I, they might have a more of a medical <laughs> disease. There might actually be a specific term that melancholy means. But, I mean, maybe they just sat around so long and they're like, oh, and then they're, they basically started having anxiety attacks because their brain isn't working. Their brain's not active enough. And, I don't know, I'm making that up. That might not be true. But the, what is true is the glass delusion and the connection to melancholy. There actually was a book called The Anatomy of Melancholy back in 1621. So they were, these people were being diagnosed with this stuff. And psychologists, even back then, I don't think they were called psychologists. I think they were probably called like witch doctors or something, alchemists. But they were trying to figure out why people had glass delusion and how to cure it. And what's weird is people have been cured of glass delusion, but we don't know how. Like when you look through the text back then, they're like, oh, this young woman, she thought her legs were made of glass so she wouldn't go anywhere. And then someone, a monk showed up and she was cured. And then you turn the page and you're like, wait, what? So we don't know how it's cured. But glass delusion wasn't the only delusion listed in the anatomy of melancholy. These are the other things that people thought they were. Some people thought they were completely made of cork. Which I don't know when cork was invented again. I think there was probably like Genghis Khan had like cork stoppers in his wine and stuff like that. But it's funny because you would basically think you were like, how would you, what, at what point do you wake up and your brain goes, you're cork? And you're like, what? Your brain's like, you're cork. You're a big piece of cork, dude. And at first you'd be like, no, I'm not. Look at, and then your brain would convince you you were a cork. But how would you test that? Just take a bath? Like if you just got in a bathtub and you sat at the bottom, you'd be like, no, no, I'm not. And the brain's like, tag nabbit, foiled again. But I mean, I guess maybe like they got in a bathtub and they were kind of floating and they thought they were a cork. People also thought along the same lines as cork, they were light as feathers. So again, these are easy things to test. I get if you thought your legs or your stomach or your butt or whatever was made of glass, that you wouldn't want to test that. You're like, no, I'm not. And then you jump down on your butt on the floor and just shatter. Like, I get not wanting to test that. But if I had the delusion that I was light as feathers, I would want to test that. I'd be all, wee! I'd just be like walking down the street and then a stiff wind comes and I fly away. I would want to test that. I wouldn't be scared if I was light as a feather. I probably wouldn't be scared if I was light as a cork, but I wouldn't test that because you would have to jump into a big thing of water. Now you're thinking, well, those are pretty good. I, you know, who, who doesn't want to be lighter? Who doesn't want to fly away? Or bob in the water? Well, some people thought they were heavy as lead. Which, again, is something you could easily test. Simply by flexing your joints and doing that little thing called moving around. Like, you could ease. I think that'd probably be the easiest one to fake, though. Because little kids do it all the time when the mom's like, Come on, you gotta go to bed. And they're like, uh, I can't get up. Uh. So, I mean, they could fake that. But again, like, if someone tried to convince me that, Dude, you're as heavy as a piece of lead. I'd be like, No, I'm not. And I would just stand up. 
And if my brain tried to convince me of that, I would still be like, oh, that's a good, easy one to test because you're not fragile. So if someone says, I have the reaction times of lead, I can't move, just throw a baseball at him. Throw an old time, what's the old timey equivalent of a baseball? A rock, I guess, would just be, you throw a rock at them, and when they grab it, because they don't want to get beamed in the face, you go, does lead move that fast? I would be the ultimate psychologist in the old times. Or witch doctors, as they're more commonly known as. Another thing noted in this amazing book called The Anatomy of Melancholy is, this story isn't short, I'm actually having a lot of fun with this, is frogs full of bellies. Wait, no, I wrote that backwards. It's bellies full of frogs, which makes much more sense. Frogs full of bellies would not be your problem. That would be the problem of the frog. You gotta take better notes. A belly full of frogs. So that would be something that would be hard to test, obviously, because you'd be like, look at my stomach's full of frogs. And you're like, no, they're not. I mean, what are you going to do? Then cut them open because any sort of like rumbling in your stomach, they're just eating beans all the time. And they're like, I'm telling you, frogs are in my stomach. And you're like, dude, quit eating beans. And you won't. And he's like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, they want to eat beans. That would be a hard one. And that would be really disconcerting to think you had a bunch of frogs in your stomach. Why frogs and not other amphibians or even mammals i don't know but um i'm sure somebody thought there was like a a mongoose in their stomach and then this was an interesting one there was one other listed here and that was that your head would roll off that if you didn't keep your head upright or you weren't holding on to your head in some fashion your head would just roll off your body that's again not something that somebody would want to test you're like no your head is attached just move your hands and they're like i believe you and then the head rolls off like you wouldn't want to do that now, I'm going to butcher this name, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Tchaikovsky, the uh, composer, Tchaikovsky, whatever, you know his name. He thought his head would fall off if he didn't hold it up right. And people thought it was a myth, like historians are like, maybe that's not true. Maybe that was just a myth that he had this delusion. But they've unearthed writings that are of that time period where he was like, no, 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 I'd really like to compose, but... Got to hold my head up all the time. People are like, what? He's like, yeah, if I get a move away from my piano and stand up and start composing, how do I know where to keep my head? And they're like, what are you talking about? He's like, my head's going to fall off if I don't keep it perfectly upright. And again, he was treated for that, but nobody knows why. Like nobody, I mean, no, people know why, but nobody knows how he was treated for that. And eventually he realized his head wouldn't fall off. But again, these are interesting delusions because they tended to affect the wealthy, especially the glass one. I think probably the poor people back then didn't worry about having delusions because they were just dying of horrible diseases and preventable medical issues. They're like, oh, I think I'm made of glass, but also all of my teeth are infected and I'm slowly dying, so pick your poison. But for the rich people who had all the food and the medical care of the time that they needed, they would have time to sit around and think of these made-up diseases. And interestingly enough, glass delusion is still around. It's incredibly rare. It's incredibly rare, but every so often someone pops up and they think they're made of glass. Recently, a woman thought she was made of a clay pot. And then again, they just kind of treat it. And then one day the person goes, oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not that anymore. And they just get up and walk away. It's kind of a bizarre delusion. It doesn't, it affects them short term. It's super, super vivid. And then just with whatever treatment, they still don't know why. They just wake up one day and they go, what? I'm not made of glass. And they go out and they play rugby or something. Probably not rugby. Okay. Strap in your seatbelts, guys and gals, because this is going to be a weird one. Now, this has been one of the topics that has been requested pretty much since the beginning of this show. 
And like I said, it's been highly requested, but I did want to give a special shout out to YouTube viewer Saravem. You made this request fairly recently, and I wanted to give you credit for it as well. When I started doing the Conspiracy Iceberg, a lot of people were asking for asking for stuff like A-list travel. They were asking for stuff like Lord of the Rings based on real life, Simpsons as a reality show. But one of the one of the segments that they was requested, and I've covered all of those, was Bam Margera's Afterlife. Conspiracy Iceberg chart is a chart we reference quite a lot on this show. The top of the iceberg are very well-known conspiracies and as you go deeper and deeper into the water you see lesser known conspiracies and and bam margera's afterlife floats around in the middle of there now we're going to be getting into some crazy conspiracy theory stuff right now everything i'm going to read to you has been written by a real person somebody and actually multiple people believe these theories because i've seen them pop up from time to time over the course of months I want to say off the bat, this is meant to be no disrespect to Ryan Dunn and Bam Margera and his friends and his family and his fans and all the people around the world who have lost people in automotive accidents at all. This is not the point of this. The point of this is to examine the insanity behind some of the conspiracy theories and I think I actually have the answer for what Bam Margera afterlife actually means. We'll get to that in a second, but first, imagine... You're sitting in your living room. You're sitting in your living room drinking a nice cup of Diet Cranberry Sprite. (sighs) There's a knock at your door. You're like, it's kind of late. Why is there a dude coming to my door? You're assuming it's a man because of the long arms. You can almost tell whoever's knocking has long arms. You're like, that's weird. I I can hear the elbow joint clacking. You get up, you open the door. There's a familiar face in front of you, but it's not exactly who you think it is. Now, previously, Hans... Stormed into our our common bedrooms and berated us on the fact that we believed the monkeys were real. But this is not Hans. No, for legal reasons. Because Hans didn't officially say any of this. This is his twin brother, Franz. Long arms. He still has the same long arms. Franz walks in to your living room. You don't invite him in. You don't even really know what's going on. He just walks in. He sits down. He looks around your room. You're like, damn it, not this again. He goes, oh, PlayStation 2, huh? You like playing the PlayStation 2? You're like, yeah, kind of an old school guy. He looks on your shelf. You have the Jackass video game, which is actually a great game for the PlayStation 2 if you haven't played it. I love that game. He goes, oh, Jackass, huh? And you're like, I have 50 games on my shelf. That's the one he sees. Yeah, yeah, Jackass. He goes, have you ever heard of the story about uh, Bam Margera's afterlife? Because I have a couple theories about that. You're like, great. You go to take another drink of your Diet Cranberry Sprite. He actually picks the cup up before you, looks into it, and goes, refreshing. I need a little bit of liquid in my throat to tell you these conspiracy theories. Totally true conspiracy theories, according to some people. According to Franz. You're like, great. He's talking to the third person now. Did you know, Franz says as he leans towards you, His voice changed, oddly enough, so I can differentiate between the characters. Did you know that Ryan Dunn, Bam Margera's best friend and castmate on the hit television show Jackass, Jackass the movie, Jackass... Yeah, okay, dude, I know his filmography, just get to it. Okay, don't interrupt me, but did you know that Ryan Dunn, 
was trying to get Bam to sacrifice his parents for eternity. But Bam's purity and love for his so-called parents had been tormenting him. Ryan Dunn, see, was never alive. He was an outer spirit that got in contact with Bam. And through possession, they found a suitable body while Viva La Bam and Jackass were being filmed. Did you know that? Did you know that people actually believe that happened? And you kind of sit back and you go, wait a second. Wait, wait a second. So, so you're like, wait, no, no. So Bam and Ryan Dunn were best friends, but Ryan Dunn didn't even have a body until they were shooting Viva La Bam, which was way after Jackass. No, no, no. It was both. They were looking for a body in Jackass and Viva La Bam. But he was on the show Jackass, so who was that? Was that was that the body they found? Or was he looking for a new body? And why would Bam have to sacrifice his parents, that you refer to as so-called parents? Why would he have to sacrifice his parents if Ryan Dunn's just looking for a body? Was he going to go into the body of both of his parents? And Franz just kind of looks at you for a second and goes, I got another theory. I got another theory. You're right. That one's kind of foolish, even though a bunch of people believe in that one. And it's posted multiple times over the internet. I have another one. Did you know that Bam and his friends performed some sort of blood magic ritual and contacted the spirit of Ryan Dunn? I'm curious about that ritual. What could it have been? And, you know, you sit back and you go, that is possible. That's possible. I think when anyone dies untimely... The loved ones, the people around them will try to figure out, uh, they'll go through a lot of stages. But I think of quite a common one is, can I contact them? And I think depending on the religious views of the person, some people may use a Ouija board. Some people may go to a psychic or a medium, save your money. But some people may go on the internet and find some sort of ritual. Some people who are wealthy and well-connected, as the Jackass crew would be, could have paid someone to perform some sort of blood. That one is not out of the realm of possibility to me. Because I think that would be pretty normal. I think that if someone really close to me died in a very tragic way, I would pull out all stops to see if I could contact them. I think that's totally a legit conspiracy theory. I don't necessarily think that it happened, but it wouldn't shock me if it did. It wouldn't shock me if it did. Franz gets a big, wide smile on his face. It's a little too wide. It's a little toothy he's like yes you believe everything now don't you the veil's been lifted you've seen through them and you're like dude i agreed with you on one thing one thing one thing dude can i have my diet cranberry sprite back now and he goes here let me take another sip and and quickly let me take another sip here hand you back an empty cup okay so now i'm parched you got clear liquid dripping off of your lips You can leave now, right? You've told me one conspiracy theory that was completely bonkers that people believe in. You told me another conspiracy theory that, as tragic as it is, is something people do. You're done, right, Franz? Right now, you're one and one. That's a pretty good record for you. He goes, uh, uh, uh. So he waves his finger in front of your face. Then he puts it to your lip to shush you. Even though you're not talking, he's like, hmm. Leaves it there for quite a while. Tastes like wet dog. He goes, no. No. No, I'm not done yet. I have 
the biggest conspiracy theory, the one that has popped up the most on the internet, is right here. You have a calculator? You're like, God damn it. God damn it. No, I don't have a calculator. Well, good. Because calculators were invented by NASA, and NASA's the Illuminati. So, and then you kind of start to think about the abacus and the invention. No, 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 no. Don't think about that stuff. Don't think about that stuff. Did you know? It's going to blow your mind. You're like, your voice has changed a little bit since a lot of... Yeah, yeah, I'm still trying to work it out. Still trying to work it out. It's pretty much just one take, if you guys haven't gotten used to that by now. So Franz looks at you, looks you in the eyes, still holding his finger to your lip, and says, Ryan Dunn was driving a Porsche 911. Waits for you to be shocked. You're mostly just still annoyed that he's touching your face. He goes, wait, there's more? He died when he was 34 years old. Three plus four equals... He waits for you to respond in simple math. You knock his hand away and go, it equals seven. Seven, yeah, it equals seven. Uh Uh-huh, yes. Seven. It equals seven. Where, where, Where are you going with this? He was born on June 11th, 19... And you're like, let me guess, 77. Yes, 1977. And he was killed on June 20th. You're like, it's not 2077. He goes, no, 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 no. 2011. So you see, we have 61177 and 62011. Leans back in his chair, incredibly satisfied at the fact that he remembers these dates. Okay, what does that mean? Oh, you know, no. 20 minus 11 is 9. 77 minus 11 is 66, which 6 slash 6, born June, died June, born on 11th day, died year 11. Date was 20. And you're like, okay, dude, enough of the math. What you're telling me is that this was some sort of important date. And numerology was used for his sacrifice. Yes, I'm telling you that, and I'm glad that you said that, because even I was getting bored by saying all of those numbers. Did you know that he died around 3 a.m.? 3 a.m.? That's a satanic time on your clock. 3 a.m., everybody knows that. Even JoJo, the precocious little YouTube star, makes videos about being up at 3 a.m. Everyone knows that 3 a.m. is haunted, right? You're just like, okay, well, there's a couple of questions I have with this one. One, what's around 3 a.m.? Because you think the devil would want to be a little more precise than just around. Was it 2.50? Was it 3.45? Oh, 3.30. 3.30, okay? That's not really around 3 a.m., but close enough. Secondly, did he die in Jerusalem? Like, this is a question that I've always had. 3 a.m. being the witch's hour, or 3 a.m. because supposedly Jesus died at 3 p.m., so it's like the inverse. That would only be significant in any sort of way if it was if you were in Jerusalem. Because when it was 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, that is not the complete opposite of when Jesus died. First off, Jesus didn't die at 3 p.m., but I mean, with that aside... The idea that there is a particular hour that happens 365 times a year and across every time zone, the idea that I could be like in 
the Colorado Rockies and it's 3 a.m. and a witch is chasing me or a satanic cult. They're like, we have to kill them within the 3, 3 a.m. And I run to California and I'm like, got away from them. And they're like, no, now you're in Pacific Standard Time. It's still 3 a.m. Like, it's utterly ridiculous that a particular hour of the day has any sort of significance because one, it happens every single day and two, it's different in every single time zone. By that logic, a some sort of Illuminati cult could just blow a dude's brains out in Japan and a researcher over here would be like, well, he died at two in the afternoon. There's nothing significant about that. Case closed. But over there is 3 a.m. It doesn't make any sense. I always think it's ridiculous when people try to tie in time. It's all ridiculous. But I've seen this a lot where they're like, you know, 3 a.m. is a sacred hour for Satan worshippers. In what time zone? It's utterly ridiculous. And it's not that sacred if it happens every single day. Anyways, that that rant aside. Sorry, Jojo, that I'm ruining your 3 a.m. videos. I'm sure you'll get by. I'm sure you'll get by even though some podcaster is talking is basically putting the kibosh on your YouTube series. That being said, let's go ahead. I'm sorry, Franz. I went off on you. Franz is kind of scared. He's like, whoa, that's probably the most animated I've seen, uh, Jason, in quite a while. Do you know how fast he was going? Franz says as he regains his composure. Let me guess. He either had a three or a seven or maybe 911 miles an hour. He was going 130 miles per hour. Okay. What do- 13 has a 13 in it okay franz you're kind of you're kind of pushing your luck here I, uh, do you know where he passed away at no it, and it's unfortunate that i even have to have this conversation with you honestly franz because this happens quite a lot there are motor accidents he got in a car accident on route 322 so three plus two plus two is seven or or 22 plus 3 is 25. So are you telling me now that 25 is a sacred number? I don't know. It's just written down in these notes that I have. Somebody thought it was significant. Many people think this is significant because it's been posted everywhere. I'm just repeating it as Franz. And oddly enough, 322 is the number assigned to the Skull and Bones Society. Try to dispute that, smarty pants. So, Skull and Bone Society, just for a little bit of reference, is a secret society. It is totally true. It's a secret society at Harvard, I believe. It might be Yale, but I'm pretty sure it's Harvard. They have the bones of the Indian chief Geronimo, and they dug them up, and they have them in their little headquarters at school. Notable members of Skull and Bones was President George W. Bush and presidential... No, no, what's the term? He ran for president of the Democrat. It was John Kerry, and he was Secretary of State and all that stuff. So, it is a real group. Their real number is 322, and Ryan Dunn did die on Route 322. Why the Illuminati, why a Harvard secret society that has presidents as former members would want to kill a star of a show that was no longer on the air? nobody can explain in this conspiracy theory. And that's really the core of this. People have taken this tragic event and assigned all these numbers, using these real numbers, assigning all these numbers to it and saying this is why Ryan then died. He was a blood sacrifice to the Illuminati. But why him? 
you could take any traffic accident. I think you probably have caught this on, caught on by this this trick by now. You can take any accident and assign variables to the numbers and come up with these type of combinations. Because the questions that we don't have, the the numbers that we don't have, if they could say he was going 130 miles an hour, uh, what was his RPMs? What type of brakes were on the car? What was the model number of the seat covers? How many gallons of gas did he have in his car? If those numbers match to make some Illuminati connection, they'd be in here. But they don't, so there aren't. If there was 13 gallons of gas in the gas tank, we would have heard about it. If there was 4 gallons of gas, it doesn't fit the narrative, so the people who believe this leave it out. That's the key to all this stuff. That's the key to any of these numerology codes when you see connected to any sort of conspiracy theories. They take, they cherry pick. They cherry pick. So, but Franz has one more card up his sleeve. His long sleeve shirt, he has one more card. He pulls it out. He says, oh, oh no, no. See, all the information I've already told you is the information that has been spread all over the internet. Hasn't been disputed by anyone but you. You think you're so smart. But here's the key. You say the dates are cherry picked. You say, why would they want to do this? Why would George W. Bush care about Ryan Dunn, but ah. He was killed at the beginning of the summer solstice, you see. June 21st is one of the Illuminati's highest human sacrifice nights. That is why they killed him. They killed him for the Illuminati on one of their great holidays called Litha. June 21st, the start of the summer solstice. It wasn't random at all, Franz says. And then goes, huzzah! And that's when you remember that when he was running the numbers and the numerology and all that stuff and actually listed the date of Ryan Dunn's death, it's June 20th is when he died. The day before this supposed Illuminati human sacrifice night. Franz, Franz, please leave. But actually, no, Franz, I want you to stick around. I want you to stick around for a second. Because despite all the nonsense you said, we have learned one thing about the conspiracy iceberg. It isn't the word soup we thought it was. A lot of times when we first started looking at the conspiracy iceberg, we thought it was just random words put together. And it turns out that a lot of them do have some basis in, and they have an origin story. So what is Bam Margera's afterlife? I found it. I found it. And it's very mundane, but it is what that phrase means. No blood rituals, no made-up Illuminati stuff. It's just a real young man dealing with the loss of another young man and in the end finding some sort of peace in it. I'm going to have all the links here below in the show notes. On March 30th, 2015, so far predating the first conspiracy iceberg, on Bam Margera's Facebook page, he posted a Facebook post entitled, This guy saw the afterlife while he was in a coma. What? And the link is gone. It was to link to something called tv.bamajara.com. The actual link in the Facebook page is gone. But he did leave a description above. He said, this neurosurgeon's whole life changed in a week flat. Unreal. And using that limited amount of information, I was able to find what I believe the article he was talking about. It's from October 24th, 2012. And it is the typical story... And I don't mean to dismiss it in that, but it's a typical story of a man who did go into a coma, a neurosurgeon specifically, who went into a coma 
he had um, E. coli and he went into a week-long coma and his brain wasn't functioning. And they're like, listen, if he comes out of this, he's going to be brain damaged, but he may not come out of it. And in that time, he believes that he went to heaven. Let's take a quick look at his description here. My first memories from when I was deep inside, I had no language. All my earthly memories were gone. I had no body awareness at all. I was just a speck of awareness in kind of a dark, murky environment. In roots or vessels or something. And I seemed to be there for a very long time. I would say years. I was rescued by this beautiful spinning white light that had a melody, an incredibly beautiful melody with it that opened up into a bright valley. An extremely verdant valley with blossoming flowers and just an incredible, rich, ultra-real world of indescribable complexity. Then, okay, so you're like, well, that's very peaceful. Then it gets a little weird. A woman and him climb on the back of a butterfly and fly across space and time. So, I mean, you know, which is fine. It's a beautiful image, but what if you hate butterflies? And then um, she, he's talking about this girl. This woman kind of looked at him. She looked at me, and this is a quote here. She looked at me, and this was with no words. But the concepts came straight into mind. You are loved. You are cherished. There's nothing you have to fear. There's nothing you can do wrong. And it's just this peaceful, and then he you know, comes back to life, obviously, to tell us all this story. And then, you know, you have the little Twilight Zone plot twist, though. I got to throw this in, even though I think it totally, totally makes the story ten times more unbelievable. So he comes back to life. And the neurosurgeon is, at some point in time, showing a photo of a sister that he had never met or seen before. And the girl in the photograph was the girl in heaven. Uh, Okay, I mean, that, uh, I mean, I guess it's possible if you're flying on the back of a butterfly wing. I'm not trying to poo-poo on this guy's story, but that makes it a little... That made me roll my eyes. Like, the rest of it, I was like, oh, he was experiencing something peaceful. I think that's where Bam Margera Afterlife came from. The conspiracy theory is this. It's not even a conspiracy theory. It's just kind of a sad story, really, when you step back from it. A young man lost his best friend and was not dealing with it very well. Bam Margera's self-destructive tendencies are well-documented. And this made things worse. But... Sometimes when we lose somebody, finding a story like this about this neurosurgeon or finding a story about somebody that is not like a religious fanatic, but just a quote unquote normal person having this spiritual experience can bring peace to you. To prep this episode, I tried to see what Bam Margera's religion was. I couldn't really pull anything up. But imagine that, imagine you're agnostic or you're just kind of like, yeah, I kind of believe in God, but I don't really. And then something absolutely tragic happens and you think, oh my God, like what happened to my best friend? And then you find someone who's also like, hey, listen, I'm not a religious person, but I died for a week and it's absolutely beautiful on the other side. And that would give you a sense of peace. That would give you a sense of hope that your friend just didn't end, but became part of something bigger. And so I think that is what that refers to, not the Illuminati nonsense. Not all conspiracy theories are about fear. Sometimes they're about hope. And those are kind of the jewels that you find looking at conspiracy theories. A lot of them are very dark and they deal with death and intrigue. But every so often you'll come across one like the Tree of Souls or the Book of Soiga or two episodes I did where it's very hopeful conspiracy theories. They're not about endings but new beginnings. And I thought this was a good segment to end on as we come up to the end of 2018. 
deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. <laughs>